Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. We're glad you joined us. Uh, it's been another crazy dope, well, last week into this week, so uh, please always check in every week. We're on uh, YouTube soundcloud right now we're going to talk about that later at the end of the podcast uh google podcast pandora spotify even with uh the rogan meister we're still there and pretty much anywhere you can f- you're listening to a podcast you can always check us out on youtube if you're checking us out on youtube please like subscribe hit that notification button and we're always going to try to do our best to deliver some of the best honest conversations and i'm not going to say best anymore I think mentally there was a ding in my head. So um, anyway, <laughs> I'm Andre. <laughs> I'm Chris. And uh, as all well, this new thing we call Quick Hits, let's get into it. <laughs> so uh, what we're seeing, we've been talking about this for a while now, just the real estate market in general. Uh, there are bulk buyers buying, the headline is bulk buyers draining some property values in the triad, which is the Greensboro area, North Carolina. I've been talking about this for a minute now, even before the podcast, and the, and the reality, the stark reality, is that investors have been buying homes for a long time. This article says it's been happening more recently in the last like two or three years. The reality has been happening, like I can, I'd say around 2010, or like it started to ramp up in 2010, I can attest that I would be selling that home and you'd be surprised that it wasn't a person that owned it, but it'd be a company. Uh, so it's going to potentially tank the, 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 the value that you have in a home. It could be a repeat of that housing bubble. So. so I think it's really interesting. You're talking about like 2010 when it really ramped up. And I immediately thought, well, wasn't it just like 2008 when we had this horrible housing bubble like <laughs> crisis? And immediately trust funds were like, why don't we just make like a trust where, you know, like basically a, a fund that we can dump real estate investments into. So I guess they're called REITs, right? Um, yeah. Real Estate Investment Trust. And I was talking to my dad a little bit about it today. Um, and so it's just, seems like a really bad idea in general and it's creating a lot of problems for the people that live in these communities because the REITs are not obviously interested in actually like maintaining the home or doing any sort of like things that are it's in line with the HOAs or you know anything like that uh, and as you mentioned like it's doing two things one it's driving property values down in neighborhoods where these places are being bought but at the same time it's somehow driving the buying prices up because these REITs are going in and dumping cash to basically buy up these pieces of real estate expecting the value ultimately to increase over time regardless of where it, the market currently stands yeah on the buy side you can actually uh, you can basically it doesn't matter, right? So that's why you're seeing like that one video we saw that went viral of 300 uh, of a $300,000 house in the in Wake County, which stacks of cars and people there. So on the buy side, they have the deep pockets to basically say, "Oh, we're going to pay you 40%." So what that theoretically does, like a good appreciation would be between five and eight percent a year in a mm-hmm. hot or a hot area. It probably spikes you at 15 to 20 percent. Well most people don't they haven't lived in their home long enough to where they can watch equity go up and down so 
it, it's just a, it's a mess. We should not be doing this. Like, and I, and I don't want to dig it. I don't want to keep pulling that thread because that will be this entire episode. But <laughs> if we're talking about like real, real talk, real talk, you know, people should basically, if you want something to change, go to your local and state officials, and there should in your HOAs if you live in one of those communities. And that now is the time to put the brakes on these things. Now yeah, is the time. Get to it before this stuff gets out of control. I mean, it's going to get, it's, I mean, it's probably already is, but like before things get even worse. Right. Anyway, next. Ooh, that was a different transition. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. We'll use that one from now on. Uh, so yeah, this next article comes from dig dig.com. You might remember that from our E area days. It was a popular site. Uh, they kind of have spread out and are covering a lot of different stuff now, but this one article was talking about the happiest cities in the U S um, the United States, I think only ranks like 14th in the world in terms of happiest countries. But I was <laughs> amazed at the number of cities in Southern and central California that were on the list of happiest places to live. Like, I understand you got nice weather, but you got to deal with ridiculous housing prices, ridiculous utility rates, awful traffic. Like, what on earth is there to be happy about living in California? So, were Sacramento and San Diego on that list? No, I don't think so, but it was like Irvine, which is right outside of uh, LA, they're LA. There was uh, San Jose, which is not that far from Sacramento. So I, just, it's, it seemed really random. I know that um, West Virginia ranked as one of the least happy, like a, some city in West Virginia ranked as one of the least happy cities. And Wisconsin, a city in Wisconsin ranked for, or no, it was Wyoming, for the most hours worked. Uh, by people on average. Yeah, I mean, some interesting stats. Like, if you get a chance, check it out. I'll throw a link into the description here. Um, If you live in one of those really happy cities and you have a reason for it, like, hit us up. Let us know, because I certainly don't get it. I didn't see any North Carolinas on there. So, I mean, maybe I'm not happy enough. (laughs) I'll tell you this. uh, My son lives in San Diego, and he loves it, and it's because he's a single young professional. Um, So... Yeah, San Diego, if it's on that list, it deserves to be on that list. (laughs) If you're a single young professional. Anyway, (laughs) next. If you meet that specific criteria. (laughs) GOP senators decide to defend the fact that they don't have the common sense to not put President Zelensky's uh, pictures of him on Twitter as they're doing that, like, low-key, top-secret phone call. Um... I guess they're they're like clout chasers now. I mean, it's they they obstruct everything else, but it's like we the one thing right now they can say is we stand with Ukraine. The irony to that is what does that really mean in the big you know big scheme of things? The um, other irony is like where was that support three years ago during the impeachment? You, you of... just stole my next train of thought. <laughs> I'm I... sorry, but, I mean, like 2019, they're sitting there having an impeachment trial, and every single one of those like he didn't do anything wrong and withholding you know aid, and now they're complaining that Biden didn't do enough early on to support Ukraine, and it's like you literally can't can't have it both ways, GOP. I mean, you got you have to actually stay on whatever side of the line you draw. You can't. Just just keep jumping over it like you, you can quote me on this and this might be my new catchphrase when it comes to the GOP yo get off Biden's dick he's not perfect but you guys are are riding hard yo. <laughs> like you guys are riding hard 
you're a straight D writing right now, so just get off dude's dick. So, anyway. like, two other things I had to add on this real quick. Um, first, Marco Rubio waited less than two minutes to grab a screenshot and post it, right? So, like, See, you know what why you're doing, aren't you... I, I didn't want to call up their names because they shouldn't get that much love. We know Marco well, I'll Rubio. I'll it out. Okay, <laughs> no, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, but like, so dude, like not even two minutes into it. And really, like you said, they're chasing clout. I don't even think it's clout, it's relevancy. Like they've, they've recognized at this point, they are completely irrelevant when it comes to national politics. And why would it matter to their constituents that they're on a call with Zelensky at that point, right? Like there's nothing, there was absolutely, and then the last thing that I just, why on earth didn't you take it down? Like when they asked you to not share anything, even if it was after you'd already done it, wouldn't you immediately go, oh, I guess I should probably go take that down. But no, now they want to be like, it wasn't that top secret. There were like 300 people on that call, you know? Uh, uh, you're, giving, you're giving them way too much credit, man. They're straight They're straight dick riding. There's uh, like just yeah. the, the, on the outside of that, you've got people like, uh, I, I and I'm not going to call out their names because they don't deserve the, like the, even my, like acknowledgement but they're talking they're trying to take credit for you know uh, infrastructure rebuilds and all these other things that they voted against yep just because it's time for midterm so yeah. all i can say to the gop is and, I, and i'm not like a, 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 a very i'm not trying to pick sides here because i think the president has some flaws but you guys are straight dick writing so uh anyway next I was really disappointed by this next article. Um, Je Jeff Bezos has his blue, blue origin, whatever it is, stupid space program, uh, to send really rich people to float for a few hours or a couple of minutes and then fall down. Uh, Pete Davidson, apparently, has decided that he's going to get in on this now. Um, I guess that they met while Pete was dating or hanging out with Kim Kardashian. So I do think the good news is we're not sending Kanye to space. It's just Pete Davidson. Uh, I don't know if that's going to make Kanye happy or angry. Like, if something happens to that spaceship, though, we all know who's to blame, right? I'm not giving that any, any energy. I, <laughs> I, um, yo, I rock with Pete Davidson. I think dude's kind of, he's mad chill. I, I like it when he's on SNL. Uh, I yeah. somewhat enjoy his comedy. I think my issue, and I'm kind of upset he keeps getting so much uh, attention because that's making, uh, it's allowing Kanye to have something to focus on other than his own crap. So I think that's not fair. I had to defend my beliefs on Kanye with my son this weekend because he's like, yo, dad, you got a lot of hate. I said, I don't hate him. I, the, my issue with Kanye is as a father, I can't co-sign on what he's doing. He's saying his family is very oh, important, but yeah. he's straight up like making his family life super miserable. Right. So I, I can't co-sign to that. And yes, he's done two, you know, a few good songs that I like. And I actually, I watched the, uh, the, the Kanye documentary on, uh, on Netflix and they should have stopped it at episode two because once <laughs> they got to episode three, it was all the things that support my feelings about Kanye. It's like, yo, you're feeling yourself. And ironically, and you can play the tapes because it's out there. Remember what I told Christian? You can't believe your own press? Yeah. If you haven't seen this documentary, Pharrell tells him the same thing. No matter how good people tell you you are, you got to doubt yourself. 
And if he probably would have stuck with that mantra and just like, it, and I, I believe that no matter how, how much people hype you up, you got to keep your, you know, keep your head out of the clouds. But anyway, so, yo, Pete, do your thing. Uh, so I did see a headline, a low key headline that uh, Kim's really like digging dude. So that's all, that's great. My thing as a parent is that, you know, I've been divorced, so I know what it's like. The most important thing is remain being a good father for your kids because what happens 10, 15 years down the road, yo, there are tapes. And the tapes I was just going like, to say, like, the, the internet lasts forever in that regard, right. right? Like, nothing on the internet goes away, and your kids are going to have full access to everything that's gone down since you guys split up so and they yeah, will form like, an opinion of you that you're not going to be able to take so yeah um, and that you probably won't appreciate <laughs> yeah. anyway next the Flo the florida senate actually passes the um the do not say gay bill and uh, it's now on its way to the governor DeSantis's desk the the weird thing about this story is that there's actually uh, it's a it's another marking faux pas on the opponents of a position. Mm -hmm. The the thing about the bill that makes it a different conversation is that it's a, from a kindergarten to third grade, where these gender conversations should happen. As a parent on the sideline, I kind of agree. Right, and I'm not even talking about the detailed details of the bill, where like there's this ancillary stuff that can happen to, to mm -hmm. uh, teachers. I just think that um, it's again, it's it's like we've we've gotten so divisive that we can't take out the good points from the bad points. I still think that if that's an issue, it should be at a local level. Yeah. Um, and I, but I understand the parts of the bill I actually read. But that's the part that's being that's being missed in the overall conversation. It's all people are saying is don't say gay bill, with the exception of it's pre it's predominantly focused on kindergarten to third grade, which yeah. is not. I mean, and you can finesse that bill to where it's not so divisive later sure. on if they would have had discussion about it. But the headline on the bill is kind of garbage. So. Well, and I think you know ultimately even. I think it's a, it's a marketing failure on both sides, right? right. Um, ultimately, because it does come across as this, like, we don't want the idea of gay, right, of homosexuality to even be, like, a thought until fourth grade, essentially, right? Um, but that's not, that part has never been discussed in the, in the, in the news. Right. That's no, no, no. And I, I understand that. But you, what I think... There's, there's several pieces of it, and yeah, this is probably like worthy of a longer discussion as we go down the road, but, and, and as it you know gets passed by DeSantis, maybe we can have more of a, a deep dive on this, but I think ultimately you've got at the state level trying to mandate what can and can't be said in classrooms, right? And it's, it, I don't know, there's other parts of it, like the, the required quote unquote outing of students to their parents and family members, if they confide in a teacher. Um, there's just some things that I think are not being thought through very well in terms of what the potential outcomes and ramifications are. You know, right. I mean, I think for example, if you've got a second grade student who has two, you know, like gay parents, like they're not allowed to discuss that in any way, shape or form in the classroom, 
right? Like well, the vagueness of third party in the language is yeah. kind of disturbing, right? So third party could be a student reporting to a teacher or uh, somebody walking in the hallway. So, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not sitting here to try to argue the merits of it. I'm, yeah. I am saying that it's another instance of we, we, we hyperpolarize an issue, but we well, often, and it's, we, and we, you know, we cherry pick the things that we want to be upset. That's about. what I was just going to say. It's like, it's a cherry picking to manufacture outrage on either side. Right? right. And I keep seeing this on, especially on like Twitter lately where, you know, people are finding ways to contort what actually happened to fit the narrative that they want. So like, for example, the state of the union address right last week and Biden is talking about having to leave Afghanistan and Lauren Boebert shouts out 13 of them talking about the soldiers that died during the evacuation, right? And everybody got all upset because they were like, she interrupted and heckled him while he's talking about his dead son. And I'm like, dude hadn't even said anything about his dead son yet. So I, I mean, like, I get it. It was immediately before. Do I think that heckling during the State of the Union is appropriate? No, I don't. But we can't sit here and be like, she knew he was going to talk about his dead son next. That's, you know, like, no, that wasn't it's it's again like it's it's cherry picking it's contorting the facts in order to create a narrative that fits what you want right to get people upset and then you get a bunch of re i can't believe let's get lauren boberg like we got a million other reasons to not like this woman why do we have to manufacture more of that i'm you know and, and what's frustrating we talked about this a little bit before but it's like twitter is not a place to have a conversation it's a place to shout what you want the rest right. of the world to hear because every single time I saw something about that I commented and I was like look I don't agree with heckling but let's be honest about what happened here like watch the video she says it and then he says for instance my son Bo right like yes I get like but we can't they did the same thing with Trump back in like 2015 2016 where they kept it was bad enough as it was, but when they realized that people weren't going to vote against him for the stuff that he was saying, they were like, well, let's just start making it up. And it's like, you guys, you're not helping anything. You're you're reinforcing the other narratives that come out. Oh, the media is biased and everybody is against us and all that. Like you're proving them right in those regards, which makes it that much more difficult for us to have any sense of like moral high ground or any leg to really stand on. It's so infuriating. It's yeah. yeah, and fortunately, I didn't get to watch all the State of, of the Union because I was uh, in an airport, uh, and I missed that part. But I, I don't, I don't disagree. I think that the we're, we're on a slippery slope when it, when it comes to these these de, you know quote unquote debates, and I just hope that we can figure that out in a more sensible way. That'd be nice. But anyway, next. So speaking of President Biden, uh, today he announced that we are banning the import of all Russian oil and gas. Uh, this is something that President Zelensky in Ukraine has been begging for for over a week now, because despite all of the other sanctions that have been imposed worldwide on Russia, the majority of their uh, federal funding comes from the sale and export of oil and gas, like 40% of their federal budget is funded by that. And as gas prices have crept up, guess what Russia has been doing? Increase, increasing the price of their gas. So like they've been making more money off of this in the long run, which was, right. I believe, part of Putin's plan all along was like, the world's way too dependent 
dependent on us to not keep exporting gas. So I'm curious to kind of see where things go from here. Uh, that whole thing in Ukraine has been just an absolute atrocity so far. And I, I don't know what the solution is, but it's just I am I'm at a point where I'm I don't know. I'm struggling to see a way out of this that doesn't involve like World War Three. So I'm, I hope it doesn't come to that. But uh, I don't have a solve in that. I just think that nor do I. I don't think World War Three is the like is on the table. Um, I think Putin's just desperate to kind of stay relevant in his own country. And uh, he's definitely leading a, uh, a campaign of fear and force in his own homeland. So do you think that the United States, I mean, if Russia, like, let's say he he is successful, right? And essentially taking over all of Ukraine, he he manages to capture and or kill Zelensky and the Russian army essentially completes their invasion. And he's just like, well, you know, I said it was a peacekeeping mission, but now that we're here, the best way to keep the peace is to just incorporate Ukraine back into the USSR. Will the rest of the world just be like, well, that really sucks, but there isn't really anything we can do about it. I, I think that ship has already sailed. I, I don't think that um, that's, I, I don't think that's a, that's not a good look for him. No, it's not, but I don't know uh, that I he think, cares. I, like, that's I'm where sorry, I'm... It doesn't matter if he cares or not. I think the rest of the, um, like, NATO and the U UN are ready to, like, just, like, we're good. We're good on that. And but what does that mean? What is we're it good It means on Russia that? becomes a, a pariah state. But aren't they already at that point? No, they haven't been up until now. But I'm saying, like, right now, aren't they already uh, at that point? Right like... now, right now, it's like, uh, it's like two kids are fighting, right? And you're just trying to, like, to separate them. Uh, I guess. I think killing Z Zelensky for him is a bad play. It, he doesn't recover from that. There's no going back from that. I think that um, he's at a point now where he's getting closer to a point of no return. And, and I'm not a general, but I, I do believe that there are some things he can do that he can get away with. And people are like NATO and the UN will look the other way at some level. I mean, they but have I, so far, right? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that they're. So the issue has always been like how he was allowed to get into Georgia and Crimea. I, right? I totally agree with that. Like, that set the table for this, right? Right, and um, I think Ukraine. It's like the second largest country in Europe. Mm -hmm. I think that sends a different message. Um, you have countries like Finland thinking about trying to change their official international alliances. You have like those border countries like Czechoslovakia, who, who says they're not next, right? So there's things where it's like, I'm not a, again, not a general, but I'm, I'm just looking at what's not happening and thinking there's, he hasn't reached the point of no return, basically. Um, and, you know, I, I pray he doesn't. And it's it's awful to watch, it's awful to be you know to you know, to see, but I don't think he's at that point yet. I think he's at a point where he thinks he's going to negotiate and get what he wants. Uh, and I also think it's he's using this as a ploy to remain in power in Russia for a little bit longer. I time so, will tell ultimately, right? Yeah, but, who knows? Yeah. But, next. This is a bright of uh, a bit of bright and happy good news. It is on the table that Russell Wilson will be going to 
the Denver Broncos. <laughs> and we just can't wait to say it, but you heard it here first months ago. Yes, like, you did. Months ago. Mm. Like, and I think just to paraphrase Chris, he was basically saying like, Russell's not, I mean, Seattle's not his spot anymore. <laughs> like, it's just not. Nope. And when he, he, when he said, uh, would Russell fit in Denver? I'm like, yeah. Now, I will say this. The Seattle uh, Seahawks are getting, they're getting Noah Fant. Uh, yep. And a couple other people. Like, Noah Fant was the, like, I don't know if I get rid of him as a tight end. But, and they're getting Drew Locke. And I think Drew Locke, long-term as a quarterback, is, is going to be Better than Russell Wilson, probably, yeah. Yeah. So you're uh, absolutely insane for saying that, just to be clear. Like that's one of the craziest things I've ever heard come out of your mouth. That Drew Locke in the long run will be a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. But again, time will tell. Uh yeah, I couldn't personally be happier. Not only to be right, uh, because that feels great, but also because I was kinda tired of rooting for the Seahawks. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I <laughs> games on the West Coast are were pain in the ass to watch like Denver tends to play in better time slots uh, I think he'll get more visibility there uh, my prediction is that within the next three years he wins an MVP if he goes to Denver I'm saying two years out and they get a Super Bowl yeah and he'll and he'll get the MVP so All that's right. that's my call well you Just heard it here first that shit again yeah, you're here first. <laughs> but yeah, that's hence all the smiles on the podcast. Because finally, Andre and I can root for the same team. It'll be so wonderful. That'll be dope. That'll be dope. And I got to get my Russell Wilson jersey. <laughs> all right, so the last story for Quick Hits today. Um, our best friend, uh, you know, Elon Musk, um, running Tesla had this lawyer guy I don't know chief legal counsel I believe for Tesla um, some startup millionaire you know because apparently you have to be a millionaire to start up a company these days they're building uh, self-driving car sensors so like little lasers that point everywhere and uh, attract cats to the hoods of other cars I guess I don't know <laughs> but um, so they paid 30 million dollars to get this guy to leave Tesla last year and come over to this startup company. Uh, I don't know much beyond that. That just seems like an absurd amount of money. Like, I mean, Russell Wilson's probably not even getting paid 30 million a year. This dude, like, he got a signing bonus, essentially, of $30 million to come be the chief legal officer. As far as I know, it was one chunk. So it's, I mean, it's, uh, that's a, it's a lot of quiche, as they like yeah, to say. Nice. Makes me wonder why I didn't go to law school. I'm in the wrong business. Um, <laughs> yeah, you like to argue with people. You could have gotten paid thirty million dollars to leave Elon Musk. Like, yeah, that would be like the perfect job for me. And I would, I would just like, just uh, anyway. Uh, I, I, I can only say it. It doesn't get any. That that's a bright spot in my day. So. Um, we like to end the quick head section on some happy news for you folks. Yeah. Look at that. Poor Elon. Poor Elon. <laughs> Poor Elon. Ooh, single tear. 